Good morning, Tri-Valley. Merry Christmas to you all. Uh, God's blessings to all of you, especially students and teachers who are finishing up a challenging school term. God's blessings on all of you who've been shut inside more than you prefer this year. And blessings to all of you who won't see certain family members this Christmas. It's a different kind of year. But if anyone's disappointed because your travel plans have been canceled, here's a story that might make you feel a little bit better. This is the story about the worst travel day that I've ever had. A couple years ago, we were planning on driving up north to Oregon the day after Christmas to see both sides of our family. Christmas day, I go to start the car, it won't start. It's not something easy like the battery uh, and it's Christmas so no one's around to fix it. So the day we were supposed to leave ends up being the fix the car day instead. Find out, we need a new starter. So we have to pay for that, then we have to wait to get that fixed. We lose a day, so uh, when we finally get on the road, we drive halfway and we spend the night in weed. Good plan. The next day, all we have to do is drive five or six hours to cover the roads, uh, to cover the rest of the trip. Find out the roads are really icy. Between Weed and Wairika, right on the California-Oregon border, we saw four cars flipped over in the median. We thought, this is dangerous. I better put on the chains get out to put on the chains. I've never done it before. It takes forever. There's snow and ice on the ground. My hands are wet and freezing and the girls are getting impatient. Finally get the chains on the car and we get back on the freeway. Within five minutes, one of the chains comes loose and starts smacking into the wheel well. So I gotta pull off to the side again and fix it. That takes about an hour. Finally get it on or off, I don't even remember, but I get back in the car, start it, won't start. Now the battery is dead. So I call AAA and they said, we'll send somebody out there, but it's probably gonna be about an hour. You know, there's a lot of people stranded today. And I said, nuts to that. I grab my jumper cables and I just stand on the side of the road going, and finally, eventually, some guy pulls up in less than an hour, so good on me. And they jump our car, we're on our way, Whew, good. After an hour or so, I'm driving and this guy in the car next to me while we're driving along starts making this like sandwich eating gesture. I'm like, what? And he's like, la, 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 la. I'm like, what are you talking about? I don't wanna eat sandwiches with you. And he rolls down his window and he says, your tire's really low. And I say, oh, oh man. So I pull off at the casino, find out I need to change the tire. It's almost flat. So the girls go inside and play blackjack while I fix the tire. <laughs> Just kidding. They didn't really play blackjack. They might as well have, it took a while. We find a Les Schwab because you can't drive all the way into Oregon with a donut. So we find out we need all new tires. We're delayed two more hours so that that can happen. Two hours later, $800 later, we're back on the road. It's getting dark soon. We're way behind schedule. The girls are getting restless because they've been stuck in the car all day. Finally, after a 12 hour adventure, we roll into Tony and Sheila's house. We're tired, we're stressed, we're regretting every decision we've made in the last 10 years. And Tony says, come upstairs. I wanna show you something. We're like, oh, what's it gonna be? And he invited us to the most advanced massage chair that I've ever seen in my life. It was like a space capsule of comfort and relaxation. You like seal yourself into this and it reclined like a, automatically, it massages every bustle in your body, like your forearms and even your, your palms and your calves, plays music by your head. It was so nice. And after five minutes in the chair, I turned to Lisa and I said, okay, get out, it's my turn now. <laughs> Tony and Sheila's home was a much needed place of refuge after a long and taxing journey. Just like I would imagine the stable in Bethlehem was a much needed place of rest for Mary and Joseph at the end of their journey. 
There was no space age massage chair waiting for them, but at least they were able to stop and to rest. So Joseph went up from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea, to Bethlehem, the town of David, because he belonged to the house and line of David. He went there to register with Mary, who was pledged to be married to him and was expecting a child. While they were there, the time came for the baby to be born, and she gave birth to her firstborn, a son. She wrapped him in cloths and placed him in a manger, because there was no guest room available for them. Mary and Joseph had both put their trust in the Lord when it came to their pregnancy, their relationship, their marriage, and their journey, and the Lord provided for them. And like Abraham and Sarah, I'm sure there were times in their journey when they wondered, where are we going? What's going to happen? Did we make the right choice to trust in God? For generations, Jewish people had trusted God to be their refuge, their source of rest, and also their place of rest. Listen to what the psalmist says in Psalm 62. I wait quietly before God, for my victory comes from him. He alone is my rock and my salvation, my fortress where I will never be shaken. So many enemies against one man, all of them trying to kill me. To them, I'm just a broken down wall or a tottering fence. They plan to topple me from my high position. They delight in telling lies about me. They praise me to my face, but curse me in their hearts. Let all that I am wait quietly before God, for my hope is in him. He alone is my rock and my salvation my fortress where I will not be shaken. My victory and honor come from God alone. He is my refuge, a rock where no enemy can reach me. Oh, my people, trust in him at all times. Pour out your heart to him, for God is our refuge. These are powerful descriptors. God is our, our rock, our fortress, refuge, our hope and salvation. He's our safe place. He's a stronghold that no enemy can break through, a fortress where we will not be shaken. And it's contrasted with the broken down wall or the, the tottering fence, which provides no solid protection. God is our strength and our peace, and under his care, we can rest. And the psalmist is not the only one declaring his need for rest. This year has given us lots of reasons to cry out to a strong savior for protection and deliverance. Major social and economic changes, political division, racial injustices, enormous wildfires. And you may have read about this thing called the coronavirus. But even in normal years, we still have this yearning for God. Even when things seem generally good, we still have this built-in sense that there's more to our existence than just getting more stuff or arranging our lives in a satisfactory way. C.S. Lewis put it like this. The books or the music in which we thought the beauty was located will betray us if we trust in them. It was not in them. It only came through them. And what came through them was longing. For they are not the thing itself. They are only the scent of a flower we have not found, the echo of a tune we have not heard, news from a country we have never yet visited. Do you feel the longing? Augustine put it like this. You have made us for yourself, O Lord, and our heart is restless until it rests in you. Do you feel the longing? Paul put it like this. But whatever were gains to me, I now consider loss for the sake of Christ. What is more, I consider everything a loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord, for whose sake I have lost 
all things. I consider them garbage that I may gain Christ and be found in him, not having a righteousness of my own that comes from the law, but that which is through faith in Christ, the righteousness that comes from God on the basis of faith. Do you feel the longing? The day of the never-ending road trip, my daughter Eleanor put it like this, are we there yet? You better believe that day we all felt the longing. So though we try to fill our lives and our homes with things that we think will give us safety, protection, comfort, and rest, we discover again and again that they're all like broken down walls and tottering fences that won't offer us what we really need. God alone is our hope, our salvation, our rock, our fortress, and our refuge. Now you may think that these descriptions in Psalm 62 make it seem like God is a castle hidden in a forest somewhere. Like God is a fortified city that we need to travel to. And this makes sense. You may, it's easy to get this. With the centrality of the temple in Jerusalem uh, that's in the Psalms, it's, it's understandable. Jews would travel all around the world to the temple uh, in Jerusalem in order to meet with God. But on the night when Mary laid Jesus in a manger, something happened. Luke, who's reporting these events to us, slowly pans the camera from the manger to the fields nearby. And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Today, in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. The good news that will cause great joy for all the people is that God came to us. Most religions try to answer the question, how do we get to God? But the gospel tells us about the God who comes to us, who left his throne in order to hand deliver salvation to us in Jesus Christ. Jesus, that baby who was born in Bethlehem, that man who lived a sinless life, who declared the arrival of the kingdom of God, who died on the cross, who was raised on the third day, who was preached among the nations, believed on in the world, and taken up in glory. Emmanuel does not mean us with God. It means God with us. It means good news for us. The good news is we are loved. The good news is we're not alone. The good news is we're not without hope. We are not God forsaken. The good news is we don't have to climb a mountain to get to God. We don't have to navigate treacherous jungles like Indiana Jones. God loves you so much that he comes to you and he offers true rest that spans both sides of the grave. And if you haven't received that gift of salvation that God offers, I want to encourage you to do that. When we believe that Jesus is Emmanuel, God with us, and that there is life through his death and resurrection, then we invite him to be the Lord of our lives. Specifically, not just ruler over creation or, you know, the overseer of the planet, the God of, you know, everything, but the Lord of me, the one in charge of my life, so that his will is done in every chapter of my life. That's what it's about. If you haven't made this declaration, I wanna invite you to do that. Or if you have, but you've lost your focus on Christ, I want to invite you, just get in touch with me. Let me know how I can help you or how I can pray with you. Jesus comes to you and he stands at the door and he knocks, but he won't barge in. He's not going to come in 
on his own. He's kind of like an Amazon package. Think about this the next time you get a delivery. Every time you get an Amazon package or anything delivered right to your door, let it be a reminder to you that salvation in Jesus Christ also comes right to your door. And you could also remind yourself before you open whatever's inside that package, no matter how shiny or expensive it is, that whatever's in there is not your salvation. It's a great reminder of the gospel message that the God of all creation, the God that we all naturally long for, our true rock and fortress and refuge, our hope and our salvation, he came to us. So no matter what is going on in our lives, whatever social unrest, whatever devastating blow or illness or loss or rocky road trip you're experiencing, like the psalmist, you can call on God to be your refuge. Like Mary and Joseph, you can choose to trust in God and find rest in any circumstance. And I pray that each of you has a merry and restful Christmas as we draw closer to the God who loves us and longs to be near us. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn his face toward you and give you peace.